G'day, this is Lisa Testart and this is another session on surviving the legal system in Australia with a psychopath. Today we're dealing with Section 121, the Family Law Act 1975, which deals with the restrictions on publication of court proceedings. This is commonly referred to as the gag order because many, many, many people victims, victims, perpetrators, doesn't matter. People want to be able to talk about what happened. People want to be able to um, make others accountable. They want to have their say. Now, there's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk at the moment around trying to repeal Section 121. I don't happen to agree with that proposition because I believe that Section 121 is a perfectly valid tool because it protects children. Now, nowhere in this section of the Act does it say the words, this is a tool to protect children. This is my interpretation. It's based on a decade of watching cases unfold at trial. It's based on a decade of watching parties implode. It's based on a decade of really paying careful attention to what the consequences could be if everyone had free reign to say what they like. Now, there's plenty of people who will say, but Lisa, you're throwing stones in a glass house. And I'm not going to address that here. I've addressed that elsewhere, and if you have questions about that for me, feel free to drop me an email. This this podcast is about you. You, the victim who's feeling hard done by because you can't say what happened. I understand perfectly the pain that that causes because you've watched your perpetrator, you've watched that psychopathic cunt get away with everything and you watched them try or succeed in destroying your life. You've watched them calmly make you out to be the aggressor. They've made you out to be crazy. They've made you bear the brunt of their misconduct. And that takes a toll, and I'm not insensitive to that toll because I bore it too. So I know from firsthand, deep, visceral, firsthand experience just what it's like to be a victim in this jurisdiction. So my view is pretty moderate. I see Section 121 as a protector of children. Could you imagine if every victim and every perpetrator had the right to say whatever it was they wanted to about the proceedings? Could you imagine how difficult it would be to maintain any sense of rationality? Or worse still, you open up Facebook one day and your world is plastered with 
content about you, the victim, as a perpetrator. And you have no recourse because you're all allowed to say and do whatever it is you want. We don't stop and think about consequences when we are screaming for change. When everyone is screaming for the repeal of Section 121 of the Family Law Act, they're doing it from a place of anger and outrage and a need for victims to have a voice. I get that. I really and truly do. But step outside your own pain and your own anger for a moment and think about the consequences of what would happen if your perpetrator, if your abuser, were able to say and do whatever they wanted outside the court arena, outside the protections of Section 121, which might feel inadequate. But just imagine a social media, a world where every perpetrator is able to slam the victim into the wall and go, you made me do it. You did it. You are the abuser. I can't, I can't even begin to tell you how horrific that would be because I know what it's like to be on the receiving end of that. So here's what the Family Law Act says about Section 121. It's a restriction on publication of court proceedings. Point one, a person who publishes in a newspaper or periodical publication by radio broadcast or television or by other electronic means or otherwise disseminates to the public or to a section of the public by any means any account of any proceedings or of any part of any proceedings under this Act that identifies a party to the proceedings, a person who is related to or associated with a party to the proceedings, or is, or is alleged to be, in any other way concerned in the matter to which the proceedings relate, or is a witness in the proceedings, or, sorry, a witness in the proceedings, commits an offence punishable upon conviction by imprisonment for a period of not exceeding one year. And point two, a person who, except as permitted by the applicable rules of court, publishes in a newspaper or periodical publication by radio broadcast or television or by other electronic means or otherwise disseminates to the public or to a section of the public by any means otherwise than by the display of a notice in the premises of the court, and that's just the um, the, court, the daily court listing that's, that's pinned to the wall outside your court, a list of proceedings under this Act identified by reference to the names of the parties to the proceedings that are to be dealt with by a court commits an offence punishable upon conviction by imprisonment for a period not exceeding one year. Without And point three, without limiting the generality of subsection one, an account of proceedings or of any part of proceedings referred to in that subsection shall be taken to identify a person if it contains any particulars of the name, title, pseudonym or alias of that person, it contains the address of any premises at which the person resides or works or the locality in which any such premises are situated, it contains the physical description or the style of dress of the person, 
contains any employment or occupation engaged in, profession practised or calling pursued by the person or any official or honorary position held by the person, contains the relationship of the person to identified relatives of the person or the association of the person with identified friends or identified business, official or professional acquaintances of the person or it contains the recreational interests or the political, philosophical or religious beliefs or interests of the person, or it contains any real or personal property in which the person has an interest or with which the person is otherwise associated. Being and, and this is the particular part, it, being particulars that are sufficient to identify that person to a member of the public or to a member of the section of the public to which the account is disseminated as the case requires. So, in the case of a written or televised account or an account by other electronic means, it is accompanied by a picture of the person. Or, if it's a broadcast or televised account or an account by other electronic means, it is spoken in whole or in part by the person and the person's voice is sufficient to identify that person to a member of the public or to a member of the section of the public to which the account is disseminated as the case requires. A reference to subsection 1 or 2 to proceedings shall be construed as including a reference to proceedings commenced before the commencement of section 72 of the Family Law Act 1983. An offence against this section, which is section 121, is an indictable offence. Proceedings for an offence against this section shall not be commenced except by or with the written consent of the Director of Public Prosecutions. And it, this Act, section 121, does not apply to communications to persons concerned in proceedings in any court of any pleading transcript of evidence or other document for use in connection with those proceedings or any other documents or reports provided to relevant state and territory children's um, matters or authorities that have control and care of the welfare of children, or to disciplinary bodies, that, such as the Legal Services Commission. Um, and it says, um, a body that is responsible for disciplining members of the legal profession in a state or territory is, is explicitly um, uh, allowed, you are allowed to give any court documents to any disciplinary tribunal um, or regulatory body that oversees a legal profession in any state or territory. And that's an important thing because the Legal Services Board will tell you that they cannot accept court documents. So you can give documents to the le to, um, to legal aid um, and there are various other uh, exceptions. Now, why am I talking about Section 121? Because I had someone um, ring me up one day recently to, to ask, is Section 121 permanent? Or does it, does it end when your children turn 18? Well, I'm here to tell you, and while I've I, I got to say, I'll repeat this, I'm not a lawyer. This is my interpretation. Nowhere, nowhere in Section 121 is there a sunset clause. There's no get-out-of-jail-free card. 
It has no ending. It is in perpetuity. Without an end, it doesn't say that proceedings have to be current. Proceedings don't have to be on foot. It doesn't say at the end of the trial. It does not say anything about how this ends. Therefore, my interpretation is that section 121 follows you in perpetuity. So the question that I was asked was, if, if I wait until my children turn 18, can I then talk about my family law proceedings? And the answer is no, you can't. And the reason you can't is because the Family Law Act in Section 121 has no provision for the cessation of it. So if it doesn't end, you should assume that Section 121 follows you in perpetuity. That's not a difficult proposition to follow, is it? Well, the person who called me, um, they were they were completely overwhelmed by the way that they had been trying to get an answer out of solicitors, and solicitors had been giving them a roundabout, we don't really know answer. So she had multiple answers, and no one was giving her straight talk. Section 121. It protects you. It protects children. As a as collateral um, protection, it protects perpetrators too. It protects everyone. That's its purpose. If it wasn't there, it would family law would be a far dirtier and a far grubbier arena than it is now. Section 121 is there for a reason. You might not like it, but if it wasn't there, you'd be in a far worse position than you are right now. Now, I understand that my position is not, um, is not a popular one. I don't take the populist... I don't take the populist view... I don't care if you don't like my interpretation. I don't care if you don't like me. I really don't care if the legal profession think that I'm just full of shit. But if you want to breach Section 121, which has no defence and is an indictable offence, then you should have no assets. You should have nothing worth losing. You should have no children. And you should have someone who will be prepared to feed your cats if you go to jail. Because Section 121 is an important part of the Family Law Act. It's there for a reason and you need to think about what it's there for and how it protects you instead of focusing on the fact that it protects perpetrators as well. I hope this has been of assistance. It's not a popular view. I'm pretty sure about that and I know that there are many, many people who don't like a moderate view in this field because this protects perpetrators too. But sometimes we have to take a balanced, moderate approach if we want to get 
factual information out. So if you've got questions, like I keep saying, send me an email, make contact, ask the questions and I'll get you the answers. Thanks for listening.